This week, we're going to find all about some of the celebrations coming up for the 50th anniversary of the mission of Apollo 16. And we're joined by Christina Corp, one of the organizers of these events, to tell us more. Please let us know if you have any plans for this anniversary. You can contact us at Space and Things One on Twitter and at Space and Things Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or via the contact form on our site. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on your podcast platform. Three stars, four stars, five stars. We're a space podcast. We just want as many stars as possible. But for now, enjoy episode 83 of the Space and Things podcast. Things with Dave Giles and Emily Carney. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to episode 83 of our podcast. How are you doing, Emily? I'm hanging in there. I'm doing good. I'm really excited for the month of April because a lot of cool stuff is coming up, Absolutely. and we're going to talk about some of it on this week's show. Uh, we got I think Yuri's Night is coming up. We got Fred Hayes' book is coming out, which is called Never Panic Early. I'm very excited about that. Do we have a release date for that? Uh, According to Amazon.com, it is slated to be released on April 5th, 2022. So we're less than a month away uh, from the book release. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much. Uh, I have seen an advanced copy (sighs) of the book. Amazing. You got to get it. Please just just buy it. Just order it now. Just I mean, just just you know, if you're broke, just steal it. I mean, uh, uh, just go to the just just rob a store when it comes out. I mean, I'm gonna get arrested. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Emily Carney incited listeners to to still, commit robbery. To steal Fred Hayes' book. <laughs> yeah, to go straight up steal things this week. Yeah, like oh my god. No, you, you have to get it. it I, I love it. I, I think it's marvelous, but I'm a little biased because I love Fredo. He's a he's a fantastic guy, and he's a big supporter of a lot of great causes in space. Uh, he's 88, and he shows no uh, sign of slowing down, yeah, which is incredible. Uh, I'm 44, and I'm like, I, I need a nap <laughs> every five minutes, it seems. But um, yeah, so just go get the book. Just get it. That's all you need to that's all, that's my review of the book. Thank you. <laughs> Job done. So Job done. Job done. Yes. Yeah, I did it. Um just get the book. And Apollo 16 as well is celebrating a big anniversary in April. Yes it is. And we've heard that there are some events taking place. And amazingly for me, some of these events are happening here in London. So today I'm talking to Christina Corp, the producer of these London events to find out more. Hi, Christina. Welcome back to Space and Things, and thanks for joining us once again. Can you believe it's nearly been a year since you were last on? Anyway, let's get stuck in. Tell us about what you've got planned for the Apollo 16th anniversary. Well, first of all, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's how long it's been. I know, right? Today. Um, but maybe it's because I got to see you in London. That uh, might be it. That might be it. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah. Apollo 16, 50th anniversary. You know, I have to tell you, I was doing this zero gravity flight with Charlie Duke last year. And um, he was telling me stories about Apollo 16. And he started telling me about how Apollo 16 didn't get a goodwill tour to go around the world like the other Apollo missions did. And I was like, what? 
And he was like, because I asked him where they went. And he said, well, it's because we were on the backup crew for Apollo 17. So we didn't get to go anywhere. So that kind of started me on this mission of like, wow, I've got to take Charlie Duke on his goodwill tour. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I started making an itinerary for him, he started getting kind of freaked out about it. <laughs> about <laughs> everywhere I wanted to take him. But in the meantime, you know, I was having conversations with people about the UK because I was doing zero gravity flights and doing lots of things over here and the, and the Brits couldn't come over here. And so a lot of the Brits started asking me like, hey, are you ever going to do anything over here? Have you ever thought about doing a, a gala in London? And I was like, man, I'm done with galas. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then I met someone else who said, you know, if you ever want to do an event in London, I've got a venue that I would be willing to donate. I would love to meet an astronaut. And so I was like, I'll keep that in mind, you know, because people keep asking me. So I started like asking some of my friends in London, hey, if I do an event in London, like to celebrate, I don't know, maybe Apollo 16, would you guys come? And the first thing everybody said was, are you doing an event at the Science Museum? <laughs> so I thought, oh, shoot, I guess I'm going to start looking into doing an event at the Science Museum. So <laughs> that's how this whole thing came about. It wasn't some big grand plan, you know, for a long term. It was one of these things where I really wanted to help Charlie celebrate the 50th anniversary of Apollo 16. And, and then it's just kind of turned into, well, let's do it in London, because a lot of people are like, why London? And you know, I tell people all the time when I go over there, the Uber drivers, but more so the taxi drivers are the most space crazed people. Yeah. <laughs> is that true? I didn't know that. that. Is wow. Totally true. I, when I'm in a black taxi in London, I cannot tell you how many times if they see so like an astronaut on my shirt or they see my my, you know, Saturn necklace I wear, they'll start talking to me about space and they will start talking about what's going on in the space program today or, or SpaceX. And that happens more in England than anywhere else that I go. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I now know what small talk I'm using next time I'm getting in a taxi. Anyway, <laughs> you got three days worth of events at the start of May. So yeah. let's start with the first day, two completely free events at the Science Museum. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about those. Sure. So I'm obviously doing this big gala, which is not everybody can come to. I mean, it's not a, 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 an inexpensive endeavor to do a gala in London at a, an event that I'm bringing 10 astronauts over Absolutely. for. So, so I really wanted to do something for the public um, to give people a chance who couldn't come to the gala to be able to come and meet some of the astronauts and talk to them. So um, we're doing uh, astronaut chat in the Science Museum in the IMAX theater. And they have not put the um, the tickets on sale yet, by the way, but they will very soon, probably sometime in the next week, because it's a free event, but it, it will be a ticketed event because I'm quite sure it'll be popular. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, so at two o'clock on Monday, May 2nd, which is a bank holiday um, and partially why we chose it, to be honest, so that families can come and bring their kids. Yeah. Um, so that'll be an astronaut chat in the IMAX theater, followed by a book signing. And the book signing is open to the public, to anybody, as you know. That's with Nicole Stott signing her book, Back to Earth, and Cyan Proctor signing her um, poetry book, The Art of Inspiration, which is really cool. It's an augmented reality uh, interactive book. Amazing. So those are the big uh, public uh, events that are on Monday, May 2nd. And I really, really hope people, you know, try to come and see them, even if they aren't able to get a ticket to come to say hello to the astronauts at the book signing. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, all the taxi drivers in London are going to be there. Uh, definitely on a bank holiday Monday too. And 
Then you've got the gala and the science museum the next day. And as you said, you've got 10 astronauts coming over. And the science museum is not a cheap place to do anything. I asked about doing a music video in there once. So expensive, ridiculous. But logistically, Christina, planning an event like this must be a nightmare. Your to-do list must be ridiculous and your spreadsheet skills must be off the scale. Where do you start with something like this? Do you get the guest first or the venue? How does it work? Yeah, I mean, you first of all, you know, the star of the show is Charlie Duke, 10th man to walk on the moon. So, you know, it's talking it through with Charlie and his schedule and saying, hey, if I was to do this event, does this work out? Can you hold the dates? You know, so then he does that. And then I have to go and talk to everybody at the venue and then try to negotiate things. And, and then what happens is, um, of course, I work really closely with Nicole Stott and Cyan Proctor. So they're like, London, I want to come to London. <laughs> so it's not that hard to uh, convince them. And then Susan Kilrain, you know, who's another um, astronaut, second woman to pilot the space shuttle and youngest person ever to pilot the space shuttle. She too, she's like, I want to come to London. <laughs> so convincing astronauts to come to London is not the hard part. But then, like you say, logistically, then then I got to figure out how to get them all over here. You know, thankfully, I have a really good relationship with British Airways. They've been really wonderful to me and Buzz Aldrin for many years. Um, we did some charity events in the past that they flew us over for, for aviation charities. Yeah. And, you know, they've been very helpful uh, to help. Actually, they helped fly Duran Duran over for me for the Apollo 50th Gala. Nice. And so I have a very um, positive relationship with British Airways. They're really, really appreciative, too, of, you know, the aviators, of course, but the astronauts as well. And so there's always a give and take there, too. We usually have the astronauts come and do a, a safety talk for the pilots. Um, so it's it's not just a one-way street. We we you know, do things together and always with the intention of inspiring public and and people to look into space as something that they, you know, can feel a part of. And obviously aviation is a huge part of space, um, even if a lot of people don't realize it. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think it's absolutely amazing what you're doing here. It's really quite special. And of course, then there's the other event the day after on May the 4th, the after party. And it's Star Wars themed, of course, which is going to be a whole load of fun. But I can't seem to find a venue for that one yet. Have you announced that yet? Well, I have not announced the details for the venue for the May the 4th be with you after after party because I'm actually not at this stage unless something drastic changes. I'm not planning to sell tickets to that. I right. That's basically an added um, uh, value event for the uh, gala attendees. So, you know, when people are buying tickets to their gala, they're really going to two nights of events. Nice. Um, the difference between it is, though, obviously, the event at the Science Museum is a black tie, you know, high end ball gown, you know, event at, at the Science Museum on the third. But the May the 4th be with you is a fancy dress party. <laughs> Complete contrast. <laughs> yeah, we want people to come in full on Star Wars gear whatever sciencey spacey gear they want to wear we and and i have to tell you i thought okay maybe i'll get one or two astronauts to come to that event you know and they're, um, all, they're all signed up for it well <laughs> most of them said hey i get to come to that event too right right Amazing. am i part of that too so the funny thing is is that's really going to be attended by you know several of the astronauts as well the ones who are able to stay and then it's a, it's a night of music and dancing and fun and you know live music as well as we'll have some DJs there. And so it's, it's really more of the, the party night, <laughs> Absolutely, but, but not doing it after the gala so that everybody's up till, you know, 
crack of dawn and just exhausted. Because yeah. both nights really deserve to have their own time, you know, to hang out with the astronauts. And- yeah. It's funny because I remember being at Kennedy Space Center for the Apollo 11 anniversary event. And I wasn't at the gala, but I did make it to the after party, the Duran Duran concert. And you had this wonderful moment when all these coaches arrived delivering all these people in their tuxedos and ball gowns. And they're on one side and we, on the other side, we were all wearing T-shirts and jeans. It must have been quite the sight for the band. Anyway, <laughs> one of our Patreons, Ed, has asked whether guests at the gala get any swag. He seemed to recall your previous events having some pretty cool things given to guests. Yep. Yeah. We always have swag bags that are full of fun, you know, spacey things. As a matter of fact, oh, I wonder if I can show you. I have um, some special socks that I've had made. Oh, darn it. I don't think I have any in here. Um, they're, they're, they've got the moon on the front of them with a lunar lander on top. Nice. And then, and then on the foot of them is says Space for a Better World, which is uh, my 501c3 nonprofit, which is... I mean, what I'm trying to do with this gala, of course, is celebrate um, Apollo 16 and looking to the future of space and having this very diverse, inclusive cast of astronauts. I, I, right at the moment, I have more women than I have men who mm-hmm. are coming, which is not common. Um, and ultimately, what I'm trying to do is raise money for a space for a better world, because, as you know, I do lots of big inspiration projects, like the thing I did in Atlanta, where I had the G- giant eco-friendly grass yeah. portrait of an astronaut with kids uh, making space art. And, and I want to do more of those kinds of projects. And frankly, it's really hard to raise money for that kind of stuff. You know, that's an investment in the future. That's an investment in young people of trying to inspire them. It's pretty hard to get companies in spite of, you know, everybody saying that they promote inclusivity and diversity and, you know, education. It is very difficult to get money to actually do those kinds of inspiration projects. So my intention is to raise funds to so that I can do more of that because I I do all of those things just out of my own time. Um, I don't get paid to do them. I just do them to, because I think it matters. And so absolutely, I think it's helpful for people to understand what the, that, what this is raising money for is hopefully to help fund more projects to inspire kids through space and art and the wonder of space exploration and with astronauts as part of it. Yeah, for sure. And, and are there any uh, other big projects planned for later in the year or is that all a bit too secretive at the moment? Um, we're working on some more zero gravity flights. So Amazing. we're just in the process of trying to look at dates and schedules and, you know, it won't be just Charlie Duke who has asked me, he does want to do another one. Um, Nicole Stott and I have talked about doing, um, some together. And then, um, I've had a few other astronauts reach out to me saying, Hey, if you want to do more zero gravity flights, I'm in. So, Amazing. so keep an eye out for that. That's just something right now we're in the process of trying to plan. And then the other thing I was going to say is that, um, you know, people keep asking me about Apollo 17. Now, if I'm going to try to do something for Apollo 17, final 50th anniversary. So I keep saying, just let me get past May. Absolutely. <laughs> let me get past this one. But we are talking about it. We are talking about trying to do something that would be towards the end of the year to celebrate the final 50th anniversary of the Apollo mission. Ah, fantastic. So I want to hear. And uh, it just dawned on me, actually, there's a shop in West London uh, called Jedi Robes. So if anyone is going to the gala, doesn't know what they're going to wear for the after party, Jedi Robes. I think it's uh, JediRobes.com. That's actually on their shop front. Anyway, if you want an outfit for the party, there's, there's your place. Well, and, and, I, and I do have an idea of like maybe opening up a, a certain amount of tickets to people who can't come to the gala to come to the May the 4th be with you because I actually have a little bit bigger capacity at that venue so you know that's something that I may you know decide to do some sort of promotion for where 
we can open it up to kind of like a lottery or something where people, you know, can uh, submit their their desire to come to the May the Fourth be with you after after party. That's going to be, I think. Yeah, it will be. That's going to be great. Um, um, actually, it might be a nice way to raise some more money for the charity as well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'll let you go because I know you've got a flight to catch. But thanks so much for telling us about your plans. And thanks for organizing this for Charlie as well. Because with so many of the 50th anniversaries having to have events remotely, it's great to see that, that Charlie gets to celebrate properly. And I know people like myself love to see these guys get in their moment. Well, and I think the, you know, the other astronauts, they're excited about it too because they were inspired by all the Apollo missions. You know? yeah. And so I think my hope is to really, you know, do this big for Charlie. I know there's some other celebrations here in America, but like you say, they're not quite as public, I don't think. And so even though um, this is, I'm trying to trying to make this a well-rounded three-day event yeah. so that it really does give people uh, more access than they maybe usually get. So, you know, people can keep an eye on the website, aimhiregala.com, or they can go to spaceforabetterworld.com as well, if they want to learn more. Well, thank you very much. I'll speak to you very soon. All right, thank you. Good, just like old 97, really moving down the track. Almost as fast as John was driving that rover yesterday. All right, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait to see. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I'm still recovering, so I can't really do any uh, transatlantic travel, probably for a little while, but... uh. That event sounds like it's going to be so much fun. And of course, the great Charlie Duke is going to be there. Yeah, I think, well, Ken Mattingly is still alive, but uh, he doesn't do a lot of events, really. So what do you what do you think, Dave? I'm just super happy it's happening in London. So th- this free event on the Monday, I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to that? If you're free, get down there. It's a free ticket event. You- you'll have to order a ticket. And as soon as the tickets are available, I'm going to be posting a link on social media so keep an eye out for that but um i don't know exactly who's on that panel but it's great that there's something happening it's just great that there's something happening that anyone can get to and get your kids along to and all that kind of stuff uh and of course if you're going let me know because uh i'm definitely going to try and be at that one myself uh, so let's have a little meet up why not um but then the gala and the, and the and the after party event i mean they just sound incredible if you can afford to get there why wouldn't you? And the, the the photos of previous events look amazing. And Charlie's going to get an award. Poppy Northcutt's getting an award. Wow. The Inspiration for Crew are getting an award. I don't know if all awesome. those people... Well, I know Charlie's going to be there. I know Dr. Sian Proctor's going to be there. But I'm assuming that means that Poppy's going to be there and the other some of the other crew members, perhaps, uh, which would be amazing. But also Tim Peake's confirmed. Nicole Stott's confirmed. Susan Corain's confirmed. Michael Lopez-Allegri is confirmed. Oh, wow. Uh, Naoko Yamazaki's confirmed. So Yan Yi's confirmed. But great cast list of astronauts. And I believe there might be some more yet to be confirmed. So if you can get down there at night with some astronauts, I mean, why wouldn't you? And then this after party on the next day. And Emily, I've got a question for you, right? I don't know if Charlie Duke is definitely going to the after party, the Star Wars party. But if you have to put Charlie Duke in a Star Wars outfit, what would you what would you make him go as? Oh, he, he's he's got the force, so definitely he'd be Duke Skywalker. <laughs> ah! <laughs> amazing, uh, amazing, horrible. Yeah, he'd be Luke Skywalker <laughs> if if John Young was still alive. He'd. He's he was the probably the hairiest member of Apollo fifteen, <laughs> so he'd probably be Chewbacca. Please, John Young's family, do not come after me. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think what else. We got to make like the whole like backup crew, and we got to give them all like 
Star Wars roles. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so okay. Let's let's think of uh, Ken Mattingly first. Then I, I think he's the the cute, cuddly one. So we'll call him an Ewok. I want yes. to see Ken Mattingly dressed up as an Ewok, please. That, that would be adorable. <laughs> adorable. He didn't get the measles, but he got to dress up as an Ewok. So, yeah. <laughs> he got to, that would be awesome. We mentioned him earlier, but Fred Hayes was the backup commander there, wasn't he? So uh, yes, yeah, he was. He was the backup commander for sixteen. And uh, Rusa was the backup command module pilot, and uh, Mitchell Ed was Mitchell, the backup. Yeah. yeah, was the backup LMP. So, all right, what are we thinking then? I think Fredo would be honestly because Fredo is like the you know Mister Pilot. He's like the consummate one of the consummate pilots. He would probably be like Han Solo or something like that. You know, except well, Han Solo has a gun as well. Yeah, he'd be Han Solo. Pretty badass. <laughs> Pretty badass guy. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I just had another thought actually for Ken Mattingly. You know, it, it was bald. Maybe he could have been C three PO, super intelligent as well. You know, just uh, ah, maybe that's maybe that's not right. But another option for for Ken Mattingly there. That's true. Yeah, he could be C three PO. Yeah, just put him in like a gold outfit. Yeah, perfect. What about Ed Mitchell? Mitchell was kind of you know short and kind of squat, like sort of chunky. So maybe he'd be R two D two. I don't know. Could you imagine that? That'd be hilarious. That's, that's kind of messed up. I like I like Ed Mitchell. I, I I never really met. Well, I I it's weird. I don't know if I met him officially. Like I walked past his table and a few times, but he was, and I, I think I went to an event where he was speaking once. So I never, but I never like went up to him and was like, "Hey, Ed Mitchell." He he was one of the guys who was so smart that I was kind of like intimidated. You know? Yeah, for sure. So I never really talked to him. You know, which I kind of regret now because he passed a few years back. Yeah. And uh, Rusa. I'm trying to think of Ru- who could Rusa be. Oh, my God. Maybe Boba Fett. I don't know. Maybe Boba Fett. Yeah, I was thinking <laughs> that as well. I think, I, yeah, Boba Fett. Why not? Rusa. Rusa for Boba Fett. He was the smartest dressed. So, uh yeah, he, he was kind of a badass, like a bounty hunter. Kind of. Yeah, we'll mystic- go with that mysterious yeah kind yeah. of got had an air of mystery you didn't see you know you didn't see him all the time you know oh, yeah we could we could go a while with this we could do like the entire support crew and the entire like is, is chris craft yoda i guess he would be maybe <laughs> i know part of the support crew was car and pogue so they would probably be the yeah I forgot what the band, my brain is still like kind of waking up after surgery. So I forgot what the band was called and what the nah, bar is, but I know they're in the movie. I know what you mean. Yeah. They're in the movie. I know they show up in the movie and there's the band playing and I'm like, what? They, they had a bar? Like what? That's, that's cool. Uh, Deke Slayton or, or Al Shepard, Obi-Wan as well. Yeah. Obi-Wan, Deke, Obi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think it, yeah. Deke is definitely Obi-Wan. Deke's got to be, yeah. There, there yeah. it is. There it is. This is not the crew you were assigned for. Like, yeah, you would yeah. have Jedi mind tricks. Like, you actually want to fly on this mission. You don't want to fly on that one. I'm like, going to go uh, Rain, Rain Carpenter for being Princess Leia. Yeah, that would be awesome. Let's see, we're, get, we're getting it all done now, aren't we? Look, there we go. 
Yes, yeah, Star Wars fancy dress party. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I just really hope Charlie's going and, and and he's he's wearing some kind of Jedi robe because actually, it, at his current age, I really hope he is Obi Wan because I think that would be amazing if he comes in a in a robe looking like Obi Wan. That'd be amazing. Yeah, he'd be the the kind of the the elder. I mean, elder in a respectful way, like somebody who's yeah, like exactly. really awesome. Yeah, the elder yeah. Jedi who's just totally badass, who's seen everything and been to the yeah. moon. That would be amazing. I hope he does show up and he's wearing a Jedi outfit. That would be freaking the height of awesome. <laughs> yeah, so be I incredible. Hope, I hope we see that in the photos. I, I highly yeah. encourage Charlie Duke to do this, okay? <laughs> Duke Skywalker. I mean, it's, it's just made for him, isn't it? It's perfect. Exactly, exactly. That would be amazing. Isn't it great, though, that Apollo 16 is getting some events because it's, I mean, COVID just took away any opportunity for 13, 14 and 15 to have these in-person events. And it's nice that actually we get to come back and and celebrate these a little bit, Um, you know, and there'll be events hopefully for 17 as well later in the year. So it's not, we've not lost the whole of the 50th anniversary um, and and hopefully... they can get out and celebrate and be celebrated for their achievements. Absolutely. If they want to be, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like what Christina said, I never really thought about before, but it totally makes sense. It's, it's to me, it's very sad that 16 never got like a, any like fun, like a world tour or anything like that. Like, yeah. You, and I was like, damn, that makes sense because they had to go back to work immediately, you know, cause they had yeah. to support 17 cause everything was really wrapping up around that point. And I'm like, man, that's really kind of sad. Like you, like John Young's, unfortunately, John Young, you know, passed away a few years back and, you know, now you can't just go backwards, you know, so it, it is sad. Absolutely. So I, I'm glad to see that 16 is getting uh, some very, some very late, but some really uh, good recognition overseas. Absolutely. I hope it's well supported as well. And of course, if you are someone who can afford to get along to the gala, please, please do support this because uh, it's also helping out charity, which is great. But yeah, if if you can't, then keep your eyes peeled on our socials because we will post a link as soon as tickets are available for the free event on the Science Museum on the 2nd of May. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. As always, uh, you can watch the full unedited interview if you signed up to be one of our Patreons, which you can do at patreon.com slash spaceandthings. And within the show notes, we'll have links for the events and other things that we've discussed in the interview, as Dave uh, previously mentioned for the event. You can find the show notes on spaceandthingspodcast.com. What a ride, what a ride. And so on to this week's news and sport. Since last week's recording, there has actually only been one launch, which seems crazy. I remember when we first started doing this, it wasn't guaranteed (laughs) there was a launch every week, but it has seemed to have been that way for a while. And that launch was a Long March 6A rocket launched in China by the China Aerospace Science and Technology Corporation. But there are at least four launches planned between today, which is Tuesday the 29th of March as we record, and our next recording date, including the next suborbital Blue Origin flight with a crew of six. It was supposed to happen today, but it got delayed because of wind. Uh, We've all been there. So hopefully (laughs) that will take place the day this podcast is released. Uh, And also by the time this podcast is out, we should have three humans back on the ground after a stint on the ISS, including Mark van der Hey, who has 
now set a NASA record for the longest spaceflight of an astronaut, which is 355 days. But that's actually still a long way short of the all-time record of Valery Polyakov, the cosmonaut who spent 437 days in space in 1994 and 1995 on a single mission. But it would be great to have Mark van der Hay back, and uh, well done, sir. Well done. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see uh, how uh, he'll look when they pull him out of the Soyuz, because he's probably going to be... Uh, he might look very good. He's probably worked out a ton up there, so uh, he might be in very good shape. I don't know if I would be in good shape, but the astronauts, he's probably worked out a bunch, so we'll see. Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll look better than Polyakov did back in 1995. Oh, my God. I remember seeing that, and I was like, oh, oh, he, he doesn't look like he's feeling too good. Looks a little green, yeah. so yeah, yeah. kind of like a wet noodle. <laughs> 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 kind of limp, but he'll he'll be all right, though. So last week, our big story was the rollout of the Artemis 1 rocket at Kennedy Space Center. So here's a little update about what's going to happen next. Uh, technicians have been working through their checklist to see if the rocket on the pad is ready for the wet dress rehearsal. This test takes the rocket and Orion spacecraft through almost all of their launch pad activities, including uh, fueling the rocket. It's called the wet test precisely because they are fueling the rocket. It's been announced that this is going to happen on April 3rd. Uh, once that test is complete, we're not sure of the exact timeline, but NASA uh, will set an official launch date after analyzing all the data from that test. It's tentatively expected to taste, uh, take place in May or June. That's going to come around quick as well, isn't it? It, is, it sure is. Yep, it'll yeah. be fast. And as a result of this wet test, the first all-private crewed mission to the International Space Station is being delayed until April the 6th at the earliest. The Axiom-1 mission will launch four astronauts on a SpaceX Dragon capsule on an eight-day mission, and it's been delayed a few times already. But this time, it's because the countdown clocks are all going to be used for the wet dress rehearsal. Wow. Uh, we have some more Artemis news, too. Uh, you may remember that last year there was a lot of drama about which company would provide the new lunar lander for the Artemis program. Originally, it was announced that SpaceX was chosen with the Starship spacecraft to be the sole lander that NASA was backing, but this prompted Blue Origin and Dynetics to protest as they weren't chosen and the timeline had changed due to Congress not committing to funding the two different programs. Well, NASA has this week announced that they are once again seeking a second company, that they will also fund to build a lunar landing spacecraft. Uh, they've been given assurances that the budget is there, and President Biden has also requested a $26 billion NASA budget to fund Artemis, Earth Science, and more, with the explicit goal of taking people to Mars by 2040. This would be an 8% budget increase for NASA. Uh, the whole lunar lander story has nearly as much drama as the rocket which crashed into the moon recently. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of which, uh, I know everyone loved that story, so I'm actually going to put an article in the show notes from a planetary scientist who's hoping that the incident will shed some light on the mysterious physics of planetary impacts. I'm sure you can't wait to read that one. Actually, it's a, it's going to be interesting to find out if they can learn something from this. But uh, yeah, what, what a drama that story was. <laughs> yeah, it sure was. Uh, meanwhile, on Mars, <laughs> meanwhile on Mars, it's now been announced that the plan to bring back the samples being collected on the planet by the Perseverance rover has been delayed by two years, and it's now unlikely they'll be back on Earth by 2033. Uh, this is because the mass of the proposed spacecraft was too much, and it will require a dual landing architecture, or two different landers. 
uh, that's going to require more budget and more development time. Uh, we're quite used to delays in in, in space flight, though. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. the Chinese have been talking about their Chang'e 7 lunar mission, which uh, it hopes to launch around 2024. They're developing a series of robotic spacecraft to land on the moon and search for water at the lunar south pole. Uh, this does sound really interesting, actually. They're developing a special spacecraft that could detach from a lander uh, and fly or hop to survey nearby craters. Um, however, they're predicting a difficult landing at the South Pole with only one-tenth of the area being appropriate to land on. So therefore, extreme precision will be needed to land that, that craft. Uh, and Pete Conrad's not around anymore, so uh, they're going to struggle there. Yeah. Uh, the Chang'e the 6 mission uh, will also take place in 2024, and that's going to attempt to bring some samples from the South Pole from the far side of the moon, building on the success of Chang'e 5, which delivered a sample to us fairly recently. Also, they've announced that Chang'e 8 will follow them both, and this mission will test resource utilization, oxygen extraction, and 3D printing on the moon. Technologies they need to test if they're going to have a lunar base in the future. So exciting times for moon travel with Artemis and China getting in the action. It's, it's a lot of action going on on the moon. Yeah, there's going to be a lot happening there. Uh, well, if we've talked about the moon and Mars, we should also talk about the sun uh, the Solar Orbiter mission made its closest approach yet to the sun on Saturday, March 26th. The ESA mission, which did have contributions from NASA, got as close as 30 million miles or 48.3 million kilometers and has broken its own, own record for the closest images of the sun ever taken. Uh, this roughly one third of the distance from the sun to the Earth, which may still seem like a long ways out, but we've not been able to do this before, and, and the sun is pretty hot. So clearly, that, that's pretty that's close enough. Um, NASA's Parker Solar Probe is getting a lot closer to the sun, just a few million miles out from its surface. But the heat means that it cannot have a sun-facing camera. Uh, last Thursday, March 24th, the European Space Agency released an image from the solar orbiter that was exactly half the distance between the sun and the Earth. And it's a very impressive image. So we're excited to see what it looks like from one third of the sun earth distance. Yeah. It's crazy to think that this is a close approach. Yeah. It's yeah. still only two thirds of the way there from earth, yeah. isn't it? But that's how crazy the sun is. Yeah. The sun is nuts and it, it just, it has so much, obviously it's got so much heat and it's got so much energy and it, it's so chaotic. So yeah, it's kind of nuts to think, oh yeah, it's a million miles away, but that's actually pretty close. And finally, last week we mentioned that SpaceX said that they were planning on trying their first orbital test launch of the Starship rocket. Uh, and that's they were planning on doing that in May, assuming that the results of the US Federal Aviation Administration's environmental review are completed and positive, obviously. However, it's just been announced that this review will now be delayed by a month. So as em Emily said earlier, we are quite used to delays in spaceflight. Um, so assuming that this review is positive for SpaceX, there is still a chance that this test flight could happen in May. So again, a massive month for test flights of big rockets in May and June. I mean, there's so much to look forward to over the next couple of months, not just events and like we've discussed, but also the launches of new rockets. You know, that's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun couple of months. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to ramp up for it because, yeah, April, May, June are going to be huge, just big months. I'm looking forward to it. This year will be awesome. Absolutely. John, look, look at that footprint. 
look underneath that regolith when you kick that up a meter, a centimeter or so under, it's white. Absolutely white right here. That's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we've got some great stuff lined up for you over the coming weeks, and there's a lot of great stuff coming up that we've discussed, so please make sure you've subscribed. And if you can drop us a review, that would be wonderful. Uh, we've seen a lot of you sharing the podcast recently or posting photos of you in your Space and Things t-shirt, so thank you for that too. Yeah, huge thanks for that. It's really great to see. If you don't have one, you can join the party by either joining our Patreon page, as we mentioned earlier, or going to our merch store on our website, spaceandthingspodcast.com. But, Emily, I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard about this drama on the International Space Station this week. One of the astronauts declared, I can't find any milk for my coffee. And the other turned around and says, in space, no one can hear you scream. Ah, oh, I get it. Ah. Uh, I'll get my coat. Space and Things has been brought to you by... And Things Productions.